Hello, and welcome back to A Seat at the Table, a podcast with your host, Lauren Coleman, a nutritionist and personal trainer who specializes in helping you achieve your health and fitness goals in a sustainable way, while also improving your relationship with food, exercise, and your body image. We're on episode four of the podcast already, which is amazing to me um, because wow, I'm so consistent. Um, I didn't expect myself to get this far, honestly. And it might not seem like a big deal, but um, it is. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> um, quick disclaimer before we get into what we're going to talk about today. Before I started recording this podcast, I just grabbed a handful of almonds and scoffed them down my face. And so I am really conscious that at some point I'm going to have like an almond coughing fit of like um, the little almond skin pieces stuck in the back of my throat. And that's going to be really annoying. <laughs> so great choice to have before I am speaking into a microphone, um, but we'll see how we go. The other concern that I have is Eddie the dog is sitting in the room with me and um, he did this last time. He needed to get up. Well, you know, he didn't technically need, but he wanted to get up and leave the room at some point, um, which meant that I just needed to get up and open the door for him. So that may or may not happen again. Fingers crossed, though, that there won't be a courier driver or somebody who he does not agree with uh, come down the driveway and cause him to start barking like a maniac. So we'll we'll just hope that that doesn't happen. Anyway, episode four. What I wanted this episode to be about is basically like a start here episode. This is like for clients and non-clients who have decided, okay, it is time to actually do something about my health and fitness. I, but I have no idea where to start, which is usually the reason why people, people hire me in the first place. Um, you're either in one of two camps. You're either like, okay, I really need to get my shit together, but I have no idea where to start. Or I have tried everything in the book, it seems like. Uh, some of it's worked, some of it hasn't. Either way, I have fallen off the wagon and got back on so many times. None of it has seemed to stick that I just need to try something new and I'm going to pay a professional to keep me accountable and hopefully that works. Okay, so... If you are not in either of those two categories, I'm sure you can still hopefully get something out of this podcast. Um, but this podcast episode is probably more specifically for those who are in one of the latter two options that I just mentioned. So let's begin. Where, what should you do? What is the first thing that you should do if you have decided that you actually want to do something about your habits, whether that's your nutrition, your exercise, or any other kind of lifestyle change that you are wanting to implement. You need to decide if that's something that you actually want. I want to emphasize that because more often than not, I think people are doing things like going to the gym or trying to meal prep or uh, cook differently because of what they think that they should be doing and not because of what they want to actually be doing <laughs> okay and so okay there's there's multiple issue, issues with that 
one of them is if they are doing something because they should be doing it and not because they want to be doing it, they're probably not going to stick with it because it probably freaking sucks. Like if you are eating this miserable rabbit diet and you are slaving away for hours at the gym like of course that's not fun of course you're going to get sick of it and not stick with it and that's probably why you haven't stuck to things in the first place beforehand because you didn't want to do it it was like either you felt like you should or you felt pressured into doing it for some reason now okay it doesn't even need to be that extreme um but it it, you know it's even down to the point of okay, but what is your actual motivation? Is it because like you just have voices in your head telling you like, oh, I really should uh, stop eating so much takeaways or, oh, I really should um, go to the gym five days a week. Whatever it is in your mind that you've been telling yourself that you need to do, but you're not doing it. Um, Whether or not you should or shouldn't, the point is you're, you're, you're putting a should in front of it. And it's not something that you're wanting to do. And humans are just rebellious by nature. And okay, I think I feel like this is personality type dependent as well. But I know for me, anytime that someone tells me that I should do something, I feel like I just want to do the exact opposite because nobody, I, I ain't going to let nobody tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> um. And even though it sounds so goofy and sounds so silly, I genuinely think that that's a big reason why people do go into this like fuck it mode (laughs) whenever they attempt being healthy. They'll, um, you know, do something silly like try and cut out sugar for who knows long, who knows long. I'm not even going to talk about the, um, the current challenge that I've seen circulating, uh, the give it up for gut cancer, um, now look it's a great cause I I love that um but I just think that giving things up for a certain amount of time unless it's for a medical reason um usually isn't the best idea so like it's just unfortunate that I don't think that this specific charity um has an awareness of how this kind of challenge affects people's relationships with food and um, eating habits and so on and so forth. Back to my main point, when you, if you say, if you tried to do this challenge where you gave up sugar for a whole month and then you might even get to the end of the challenge and be like, oh my goodness, like I don't even crave sugar anymore. Like, oh, eating a strawberry is too sweet for me. You know, those people, right? The ones who say things like that. Okay, you maybe you could be one of these people. I guarantee that within moments of allowing your habits or you know the structure to slip just a little bit, maybe it'll happen when like uh, you go to somebody's house and there's a bowl of Maltesers there, and you're like, oh, maybe maybe one won't hurt. So you have one, and you're like, gosh, that was so sweet. I really didn't need that. But then there's this little voice in your head that's just like, oh, but but maybe you did. Maybe you did need that. Um, That was actually pretty good. Maybe you should just see how having a second one or a third one feels. So you're like, well, okay. I mean, I guess I've been really good up until this point. Maybe I will have a few more. So you grab a handful and, you know, they go down really easily. And then the next thing you know, 
you've taken the whole bowl, you've snuck off to a corner somewhere and you're scoffing the whole thing. And then you get home, you raid your cupboards, you find like a whole bag of cookies or chips or chocolate or something, whatever it is that you've stashed away to try and prevent yourself from getting tempted to eat. And then you eat that too, because you knew it was there. And then you just think like, well, fuck it. I'm too far gone. I'm just going to keep going. And that is how you fall off the bandwagon. And that is how you develop all or nothing thoughts and behaviors. Okay. So that is, you know, back to my main point of why when we do things, because we think that we should do them, we end up doing the opposite. When we do things because somebody has told us that we need to do those things, again, we typically feel like doing the opposite. Even if it doesn't happen for, it, it might not happen right now, it might not happen in a month's time, but at some point, that rebellious mindset is going to kick in and we're going to blow it. So what is it that you actually want now, okay, I ask this question to clients and they feel like it, it's you know, like, is it a trick question or something? Because it, it's like pretty obvious, like they they just want to be healthy or they just want to be fit or they just want to um, feel good in their clothes or be able to fit their clothes or be able to, um, you know, go on hikes or they want to be able to uh, live long enough to see their grandchildren you know all these all these lovely like genuinely good reasons I'm not saying that those reasons are not valid but I'm saying more specifically why would you want to uh, change your exercise habits or change your eating habits to improve your life right now okay because we're humans baby like we like instant gratification if we're not going to be rewarded by something that we do immediately, then we're probably not going to continue doing with it. How do you figure out what it is that you actually want? Well, you need to, first of all, determine what your values are. What are your values? <laughs> uh, genuinely, if like if you haven't already done a values assessment, I think that that's a really good place to start. Um, there's quite a few that you can do online where there's a whole list of different words and you select the ones that um, are the most meaningful to you or that seem the most relevant to you. And then you kind of categorize them and then you select from the different categories um, and then you come out with like five different words which represent your values. So your values are um, basically uh, with that. They could be feelings. They could be um, actions. They're basically words to describe the kind of life that is going to be the most authentic and meaningful to you. Okay. So when we live lives that are most aligned with the values that we have. That is when we are the most happy and the most fulfilled. So, for example, I did a values assessment a few years ago. And um, the values that I got were empathy, creativity, 
sustainability, um, authenticity, and there was one more. Um, oh, I've forgotten my last value. But okay, uh, wellness, well, well being. Sorry, of course, of course, it was well being. So, and that was actually what I was going to talk about. So when I realized that those were my values, that was when a lot of the things that I thought that I should be doing became a lot less important to me, right? Okay, so like obviously well-being is important to me. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a nutritionist. Like I care about my health and fitness. I I do, of course, take into consideration the way that I eat and the way that I exercise, but my well-being is my number one priority it's not thinness it's not leanness it's not um self-righteousness it's not um and well-being it also takes into account mental well-being as well emotional well-being spiritual well-being like I think when I recognized that there were other aspects to my well-being that weren't just what I ate and the amount of exercise that I did, that was when my well-being actually improved. My mental well-being especially. Um, and when I recognized that it was well-being that was more important to me than even like beauty or the way like my appearance. Um, and look, okay, I do take pride in how I look to an extent. Um, I know that I look a little bit messy and untidy sometimes but of course I care about the way that I present myself but compared to the way that I cared about that even more when I was in my early to mid 20s I like okay I'm just going to use the example of like me wearing makeup I used to wear makeup since I was like 14 or 15 every single day um I genuinely thought that my eyes looked super weird without mascara. Like, okay, at the very least, I needed to wear mascara every day. Um, I would also straighten my hair. I would um, make sure that I was always like bleach blonde. Um, I would fake tan. I would, you know, do all of these things. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doing these things at all. Like by no means, like I still do these things sometimes. But I'm just saying that I used to, rely on doing these things a lot more to make me feel good about myself when actually none of those things really reflect what was aligned with my values it was the same as when you know I was working at my old gym and we were always doing like running events and you know I did my um bikini competition and oh, I'll just let the dog out one second So I did like did all these different fitness competitions, um, but basically just because I thought that these were things that I should be doing because, because I'm a personal trainer and because I should try and do these like role model type things. Um, but look, like, I think that they were fun, but I like none of these, none of these competitions that I did, I think that I was in a very mentally good state. Um, in my previous podcast, I talked a lot about kind of like my relationship with food journey. When I look back at 
you know, the half marathons that I did, the bikini competition that I did, the powerlifting competition that I did, like all of them, I can just remember the terrible, terrible, like binge restrict cycles that I was in the middle of that reflected my terrible, well, not terrible, but my um, perhaps unstable would be a better word, uh, mental state and emotional state. And um, I recognize now that back then I was fully living out of alignment with my values. So fast forward to now, when I recognize that my values are well-being and well-being is not the same as thinness. It's not the same as doing fitness competitions. It's not the same as, uh, you know, cutting out food groups or being this like um, super elitist, like Puritan with my diet. It's actually about doing things that make me feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm much more happier and fulfilled that way than I would be five, 10 years ago. All right. So I really, really encourage you guys to do the same. So figure out your values and then you'll be able to decide if the things that you say that you want truly align with whatever your values are. Okay. So go do that. <laughs> um, you, I, I think you can literally just Google search like values assessment online and come up with five values. All right. So from your values list, you're going to come up with your why. So you need to write a statement for everything that you are actually wanting to manifest. <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just joking. I like, I actually, I don't hate that word, but I think that that word is a little bit, um, maybe exploited, but I think it, it's kind of appropriate for what we're talking about here, because in a way you are manifesting what you, what you're wanting to achieve. Um, but I tend to say that instead of focusing so much on specific, like super specific goals, okay. Like say, I used to have this mindset of like, okay, we need to set smart goals. They need to be specific, measurable, achievable. So like your goal should look like, I want to lose 10 kgs by December um, by making sure that I do this, this, this. And um, yeah, you know, something like that. I have completely changed my perspective on goals now. I think that... Um, you definitely don't need to have a goal weight. In fact, more often than not, it's probably doing more harm than good. I think that it's probably, you know, okay, it's, it's absolutely fine to say that you want to lose weight. I totally understand that. And, you know, even if you say something like, well, I would love to lose at least 10 kgs, like that's understandable. But I think that it's worth avoiding putting deadlines on losing the specific amount of weight that you say that you want to lose. And I also think that it's really important not to attach the outcome with whatever it is that you are actually trying to cultivate, which is the feeling. Okay. So going back to say you, you do want to lose 10 kgs. Okay. I understand that you were like around 10 kgs. Think about why it is that you want to lose that. Is it for health? Is it for 
um, self-confidence? Is it because you used to be that specific weight and you you feel like that is what suited your body the most and you want to get back there? Like, okay, all of these, um, like, or whatever reason that you have, um, I'm sure it's totally valid, but you need to actually think about like, okay, what is the specific feeling that you're trying to achieve? Is it confidence? Is it energy? Is it vitality? You need to start to seek out ways in your everyday life and in your routines that are going to bring you that feeling right now before you even achieve your goal. Because what we want is, okay, sure, your goal, I'm sure your goal is super important to you, but your goal can't be so important to you that you forget about the process. Um, in the book, Atomic Habits, love Atomic Habits. <laughs> okay, uh, well, it's a good book. It's, um, if you've read it or not, I it's one of those books that, uh, it's it's like, it's basically common sense, but it's kind of like, yeah, damn, like, of course, like, duh, habits, like, of course, habits are more important than goals. Um, that's kind of like what we're going for here. We want to be like, putting a lot more emphasis and importance on the process that you need in order to, you know, achieve better health, achieve better confidence. Um, So that's looking into your routines. So maybe that is looking into, okay, well, like, what are the things that you can start doing to feel the way that you want to feel right now? Because I guarantee when you start doing those things regularly, then whatever it is that you're trying to achieve will come so much easier to you. Okay, so what does that actually look like? Now, you need to establish the feelings. So, okay, let's say, for example, confidence, energy, fitness, and vitality. You should probably, like, a lot of these things are going to be uh, not just how you eat and how you exercise. So I think sometimes that throws people off a little bit because I think people actually want to just be told how to eat and how to exercise. Um, Because that's actually the easy part. Um, The easy part is, oh, yeah, just make a few changes to your diet and start adding in some exercise sessions. The hard part, I'm sorry to tell you, is the mindset stuff, the other stuff, the um, working on your body image, working on your relationship with food, working on your ability to regulate your own emotions. But that stuff is probably more important than the other stuff. What do I mean by that? Okay, so honestly... 90% of the people who I work with would be, would would probably say that they have experienced um, body image issues in their life. Um, I certainly have. I, most of my friends certainly have. And um, whether my clients tell me or not, I get the feeling that many of them would have as well. So it's nothing to feel ashamed about. What's helped me improve my body image issues? Well, yeah, my yeah, my body image issues was 
not caring so much. It was literally when I stopped caring so much about trying to change my body, when I stopped nitpicking the way that I looked, when I stopped body checking, when I stopped comparing myself to other people, when I stopped placing so much importance on the way that my body looked. Another big thing for me was going through the medical um, concerns that I had in my life as well. I think that that made me, that pushed me into a state of appreciation of my body's ability to recover from surgeries, from traumas, from sickness. I think when I recognized what my body was able to do for me, especially like when it came to things like training, when it came to things like yoga, when it came to things that um, my body could do for me that allowed me to feel good. That was when I realized that whether I was bloated and my tummy was sticking out or whether I had cellulite or whether, you know, I had ugly looking feet, <laughs> it didn't really matter at all at the end of the day. Um, there were much bigger things that I had to worry about. The other thing is emotional regulation. So a lot of us comfort eat um, and I think we'll comfort eat emotionally, binge eat, um, or, you know, fit into some kind of uh, variation of one of those things. So I think the first place, if you want to overcome uh, disordered eating of any kind, is to stop restricting or be less restrictive. You need to find a less restrictive approach. And the other side of the coin is you need to find other ways to regulate your nervous system um, and manage your emotions better. So whether that's journaling, meditation, yoga, time in nature, time with friends, cooking, doing a hobby, painting, any of these things that bring you joy, calm you down, and regulate your emotions, these are things that are worth prioritizing because they are going to help you in the long term prevent you from, you know, needing to use food as a tool to regulate yourself, which, by the way, is nothing to feel ashamed of. And look, it's, I think when we're used to using food as a tool to regulate our nervous systems, it's not something that you need to feel ashamed of. Um, it's something that is extremely common and it's a survival mechanism that you probably learned because you didn't have other tools to help calm you down. So if it happens, look, it happens. And at the end of the day, the best way to avoid emotional eating or comfort eating is to avoid needing to do it in the first place. So what are the areas of your life that are stressing you out what are the areas of your life that are making you feel uncomfortable or giving you negative thoughts negative emotions what are the parts of you that need healing those are the things that I think are important to work through first before you attempt any kind of diet change or lifestyle change maybe you could be very gentle with the diet and lifestyle change that you do at the same time but the last thing that you should do is try and be extreme to try and follow a diet because all you're doing is trying to 
put a band-aid over a massive gaping wound that you probably have um dieting won't fix your body image issues or your you know your mental health concerns in fact a lot of the time it's going to make it worse so that should be your number one priority now moving on to actual lifestyle change when we're talking about nutrition and when we're talking about exercise and all of the recovery stuff sleep stress sunlight <laughs> any of that um the best place to start is thinking about where you're at right now think realistically about what you're doing in your life that you think might potentially be holding you back from feeling the way that you want to feel within your body or about yourself or about your lifestyle be honest about the kind of habits that you think are not serving you right now maybe they're they served you in the past for a certain purpose but they're not serving you right now and then from there you can decide to make very small very gradual habit changes I look I think um there's when it comes to when it comes to nutrition like nutrition is such a it's complicated but at the same time it's not complicated <laughs> the main things are when it comes to nutrition uh you want to focus on the foods that you want to eat more of are uh, your unprocessed or minimally processed foods um including plenty of fruits vegetables whole grains nuts legumes lean proteins including um meat dairy eggs um seafood shellfish that kind of thing um you and you just i suppose you want to eat less of foods which have been linked to poorer health outcomes and those are the ones that include foods which are high in sugar salt saturated fat so anything most fast food most desserts things like that but look there's a huge 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 but and I like big butts <laughs> and I cannot lie um the but is you don't need to remove these foods it's all about if you imagine nutrition being like a sliding scale and you want to make changes to it to your improve to your nutrition so that you can feel better think about okay what small changes could I slightly do more of and what small changes could I probably do less of and then over time you just keep adding on tiny things um because eventually it's going to add up and make a difference now look that is why you won't like I don't really sell these like extreme weight loss results on my social media or on my website like I don't have um big sexy like lose 10 kilos in six week kind of results because that's not what I'm about because I don't think that that is sustainable I don't think it's sustainable to ask somebody to completely flip switch the way that they're currently eating to do something completely different I don't think it is ethical to do that. Um, 
if there are certain reasons for why you might be eating a certain way, if it is out of access for you to completely change your eating habits to just to copy what somebody else is doing, then I think that, you know, you're going to feel disheartened. You're going to feel like you can't do it. And it's, it's just not going to work for you. And when it comes to exercise, it's the same thing. Like, think about what small things can you add in. And every week you kind of review your habits. And then if you were able to stick with it consistently for, say you stuck with something consistently for four weeks in a row, then the next four weeks you could add in another three habits that you're going to do on top of the current habits that you've already established. So this does require some kind of self-monitoring. If you have a habit tracking app, then I think that that's brilliant. Um, or if you have like a wall chart or an Excel spreadsheet that you can fill in with all of the habits that you want to implement. I really think that having something that's visual and that's tangible that can help you like tick off things will genuinely make you much more likely to stick with something. And then the most important thing is that you need to make sure that whatever habits that you're doing, it's not overly difficult for you it's somewhat enjoyable and that there's some kind of reward associated with it. So another thing that James Clear talks about in the book, Atomic Habits, is habit stacking. So for example, if you want to start getting into, into exercise, um, maybe attach your exercise to another habit that you're already doing. So that's why a lot of people find working out first thing in the morning to be the best time to get the exercise in because you've done your morning routine or you make it part of your routine and there's no getting out of it. It's not like you get home from work, you sit down, you scroll on your phone, you kind of bum around for a little bit, you talk to people. And then by that stage, like you're just like, oh, well, it's too late now. I'm not going to go bother to do it. No, if you, if you kind of just attach this exercise to a routine that you already have in place in your life then you're way more likely to um actually do it so yeah small habits adding up over time and just making sure that it's you know part of a routine that you can stick to and that um that you do see some like you do see some kind of reward for sticking to it. And that's why the chart ticky thingy is a really good idea. I think I'm going to leave it there for today's podcast episode, but I hope that that kind of summarizes what I would do if I were starting from scratch with my health and fitness. So basically figure out what your values are, what you actually want to achieve, determine why you want to achieve those things, figure out the process that would help you cultivate the feeling of that why, turn those feelings into habits, and then make those habits as easy to achieve and as motivating for you to achieve as possible. Find some sort of way to track those habits, and then every four weeks you can review and then add on more habits to keep yourself on a roll of consistency. I hope that this was helpful. Um, as always, feel free to contact me through my Instagram or through my email address, which I will leave in the show notes. Other than that, have a wonderful rest of your week 
and I will talk to you next time. Bye for now.